You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome back into TGI football i am steven serta rj ochoa is not on the super bowl edition of tgi football um as some would say that that's just him running away from what is likely to be a same game parlay miss just based off of his regular season record but rj's covering the super bowl on the ground in las vegas so he is not with us this week uh but We'll, we'll still, uh, we still got a, a pick three to get to. We still got locks of the week. And I want to remind you guys that TGI football is presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Now, so since RJ is not here, I am still joined by a good friend from Bleeding Green Nation, Brandon Lee Gouton, BLG, Super Bowl week. Uh, my week has not been great. Uh, <laughs> I am ready to get to this game already. I am ready to stop talking about it because I've talked about it in a million different ways. But still, at the end of the day, I'm very excited for Sunday's Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and 49ers. I'm wearing my red Phillies hat, as you can see, for the audio listeners who can't. Uh, that is for the Chiefs. It's not for the 49ers. I really want the Chiefs to win this game. I know there's a lot of Chiefs fatigue out there. Taylor Swift fatigue, maybe, for, for some people. But I think most people should be able to agree. Obviously, not 49ers fans agreeing with this. But I think the 49ers are the bigger villain in this Super Bowl, and I don't want to see them win. I think the Chiefs are the more likable team. I don't know if America disagrees with that, but that's how I feel. It's actually, I think I was talking to Pete Tweeney about this earlier this week, and some of it is because I'm too just like trapped in a Chiefs bubble where, you know, here in Kansas City and we follow the team so closely at Arrowhead Pride, like we're just too locked into it. We're too close to everything. And I, I was sitting here trying to explain to myself like how the Chiefs could lose this Super Bowl. And like obviously there's several different ways. 49ers, very talented football team. But I was like, the vibes are a little too good for the Chiefs, in my mm. opinion. Like I feel like they're too positive right now. Like there's too many people who are too confident in the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and everything they've done this postseason run. But then I talked to Pete and he was like, Yeah, it's the total opposite in Vegas. It seems like everyone is super confident that the 49ers wow. are gonna beat the Chiefs. So I think it's just my Chiefs bubble that I'm living in right now, where I feel like the vibes are just too high right now, and maybe I'm just worried about the 49ers going nuts on Sunday or something. That's interesting uh, observation there from Pete. I just, you know, my big thing, coming from the Eagles' perspective of it all, was that the 49ers, you know, are this whiny, complaining team, and that's continuing going into Super Bowl week where their practice field isn't good enough or whatever. There's always something. There's always some kind of excuse or complaint from Kyle Shanahan from the 49ers. So um, I'm hoping they can complain about something that causes them to lose the Super Bowl. I just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not on board with it. Um, but I guess I'm expecting a good game uh, in any case. Yeah, um, I think the 49ers uh, fire alarm went off at the hotel this morning, right, or something, exactly. which is like, yeah. which I, I think the guys were obviously upset about that. But that's a pretty typical Super Bowl week thing. Somebody always finds the hotel and does yep. something stupid. So, yeah, you should just expect that at this point, um, the field thing like it, that. That's one thing that I am not going to miss about this week. This whole like Chiefs narrative, like it's it's all rigged. The NFL <laughs> wants the Chiefs and Taylor Swift to win, and and everybody's rooting for Patrick Mahomes, and that's why the referees are going to be on the Chiefs side. Like 
all of that stuff is totally made up. And I understand that we get this stuff with success, but I, I am looking forward to all of that stuff being behind us because I think it takes away from what the Chiefs have accomplished this season in what was uh, considered a remarkably down year, and they're still in the Super Bowl. So we're going to get into everything about this game. We'll, we'll give you our predictions. We've got some over-unders that we want to go through ahead of the Super Bowl. But before we do all that, we got to give you our pick three uh, brought to you by DraftKings. Um, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So, BLG, I have spent a lot of the pick three season and the regular season of the NFL kind of picking what I felt like were safer options. And I feel like you and RJ kind of picked the safer options this week. Whereas like, I feel like I can usually rely on you guys to do some deeper dive legs Mm. of the parlay. And I feel like this week I did that and you guys went with the safer option. So what is your same game parlay leg this week? uh, Ahead of Super Bowl 58. Obviously, there are no locks in gambling. Uh, well, except maybe when it comes to your lock of the week's picks, pretty much. But uh, for this, my leg here of the same game parlay for the SB Nation NFL show, I mean, I know you talked about it not being rigged or anything, but come on. We're not going to have Travis Kelsey get in the end zone in the Taylor Swift Super Bowl. Like, that's not going to be a thing that happens, rigged or not. I mean, I just feel like the Chiefs are going to make an extra special effort for that to happen to you know make sure you can definitely show i mean obviously they can show taylor swift anytime they want on the broadcast if she's there assuming she is there um but i mean you know the travis kelsey touchdown has to happen at some point in regardless of the taylor swift of it all this is a guy who scored a touchdown in 19 of his 21 playoff games and the only there if you take out his first three going back to you know like 2015 2016 very early in his career it's actually 19 in his last 18 playoff games and he hasn't necessarily scored in every one. You know, there's been some multiple touchdown games in there. I think he could score much multiple touchdowns in this game, by the way, and we'll talk about that later. But I just feel like Travis Kelsey at some point is going to find the end zone. Yeah, um, it, it feels like the safer bet, uh, I think, like out of any of the Chiefs pass catchers and uh, a lot of it has been made about, you know, well, the 49ers are going to give him all this attention, like, well, I, I mean, I think the Ravens were paying pretty close attention right. to him, and he, he still had a very nice game in the AFC Championship game. Um, but I, I don't fault you. I feel like it's the safest of any Chiefs offensive weapon. Like, Travis Kelsey is going to get a lot of looks in this game, and they're going to do everything they can to make sure he finds success because the Chiefs offense is successful when Travis Kelsey is out there making plays. And I, I feel like RJ, uh, he was the last person to submit his pick this mm-hmm. week, and it's easily the safest bet of the Super Bowl, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, he chose a Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown. Um, you know, and the 49ers, their offense is just loaded with so many superstar players, but Christian McCaffrey is the most important of all of them, and he is the best of all of them, in my opinion. So I feel like you can bank on Christian McCaffrey finding the end zone at some point in this game. And where I kind of went a a little bit off the track and kind of tried to dig a little bit deeper for Super Bowl week, which maybe this will maybe this will be awesome. Maybe this will blow up in my face. But I chose the 49ers to lose a fumble. Mm. That's plus 110. And this is just a vibes pick. (laughs) Like this is I, I don't know if I feel super confident in it, but I feel I feel good about it from a Chiefs defense standpoint. The 49ers have not fumbled the ball a ton this year, and the 49ers have not fumbled the ball in the postseason. But I am banking on the Chiefs secondary, which has been dramatically underrated all season long. And I don't think that San Francisco, outside of Baltimore, has played a secondary that's as physical as the Chiefs secondary. Everyone in the Chiefs secondary can tackle and everyone is athletic and they want to go lay hits and they force a lot of fumbles and they've been really good at it this season. All of their cornerbacks can do it. Their safeties are are hard hitting safeties that want to go downhill and and their playmakers. And I just don't think, I, I think the idea going into this game is that San Francisco is just like this physical team and they've got these, uh, physical freaks who just bully you around 
And I don't think that's totally the case. And I think it discredits how physical the Chiefs defense has been this season. So I think there's a good chance that we see that football on on the grass this weekend. And I think that the Chiefs have a good chance of forcing a fumble and creating some turnovers against the 49ers. Could be maybe a strip sack too. Could be, uh, you know, I know you said the 49ers haven't fumbled a lot, but they have players who don't go down. Like They're not going to just go yeah. down and, you know, or step out of bounds. They have guys who want to get and will get yards after the catch. So that kind of does the flip side of that is it gives the Chiefs an opportunity to maybe punch the ball out at some point. Yeah, and that uh, our same game parlay total is plus 410 this week. BLG's regular season record or, or season long record is 9 and 12. RJ's 8 and 13. <laughs> I am also 8 and 13. So okay. I thought I was clearly going to wind up last place in this thing, but I am tied with RJ now. So see how, uh, see how the Super Bowl works out. Um, but I, I feel good about this one. I feel like mm. Kelsey, CMC, safe. Betting on the Chiefs defense has been something that has really helped me prosper as a gambler this sure. season. So feeling pretty confident about it. Like I mentioned, we're going to go through some Super Bowl over-unders, get into our predictions. And then uh, after the commercial break, I want to remind you to stick around. Our friend Rob Stats Guerrero from Radio Row caught up with Max Crosby and Drew Brees. So we'll have those coming up for you later on in the pod. So make sure you stick around for that. But BLG, we went through some Super Bowl over-unders. We're going to go through a handful of our favorite things to bet on in this game and, and things to look at. And I, I, I'm going to start with you because um, I, I sent you mine. You haven't sent me yours. And I sent yeah. you mine. And after I sent you mine, I was like, maybe I shouldn't have sent them. But I wanted to make sure we didn't have a bunch of overlap or something like that. But there's so many things to bet on. In the for Super sure. Bowl, it probably would have been very hard. But what do you got for me? Yeah, I appreciate you playing along with me because and it's it's I think this is a good mix because yours are more like the actual on DraftKings sportsbook kind of like bets you can actually legs you can actually you know place individually um either way. I some of mine are a little bit some of mine you can actually bet on. Some of them are kind of just like creative like things that I tried to make uh watching the game more fun for those who don't maybe have as strong of a rooting interest kind of just weird things. So I'm going to start off with one of those for example that is Chiefs 49ers non-quarterback pass attempts. I have that set. I'm setting my own line here at 0.5. Do you think we will see some kind of trick play in this game where a non-quarterback throws the ball? Not on the Chiefs side. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I hope not the, for the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. The, well, they have done that before, mm. and Andy Reid did it a few years ago with Travis Kelsey, and Travis yes. Kelsey just launched it, and mm. it was intercepted because he had yep. no business throwing the football. So I don't think Andy Reid trusts uh, anybody on the team to try to run a play like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I think we'll see one. I think you're right, and again, I hope not because when you have Patrick Mahomes, you don't need anyone else throwing the ball. But when you have Brock Purdy, and he hasn't been, you know, amazing consistently in the playoffs you know maybe you mix in like a debo or a christian mccaffrey uh throwing attempt there at some point so i'll take the over on that i'll say we see at least one yeah i feel like maybe they've done that this season with like cmc or juan jennings or, or something like that or right. may, maybe i'm thinking of another season but I, I feel like the 49ers have done something like that in the past um my next one is so this is kind of me just avoiding like the CMC <laughs> stuff and the superstar player stuff, because it's also I'm not good at over unders in my gambling because I always want points and I want to see fun stuff. And so I find myself gambling on what well, you want the overs because you right. want a lot of scoring and you want a lot of big plays, especially yeah. from the star players. So I tried to kind of kind of pick some things in my over unders that weren't just like the superstar players that we can bank on getting a lot of work. So my first one is backup 49ers running back, mm. Elijah Mitchell, over three and a half rushing yards, minus 145. And mm. this is simply like when Elijah Mitchell's healthy, Kyle Shanahan will put him in the game and give him a few carries. And it's just so low at three and a half rushing yards. Like he can mm. get that on one carry. He's probably going to get like four or five touches in this game, unless they're just like, we're going to run CMC 30 times and not give anybody and not put anybody else on the field because we need TMC to win. But it feels like it's a safe bet. Like only three and a half rushing yards. Mm -hmm. I feel like Elijah Mitchell's got that in him at minus minus one forty five. 
I'm going to take the under just because I think is what you said. It's just going to be like CMC, CMC, CM. It's going to be him all day. And also, it just, you know, it takes like one, you know, one run here. Where he gets tackled for negative two. And that could be like the death nail because, like, does he get the ball again? Does he, is he able to get, you know, at that point, um, what he needs to get over it? So I'm going to, I'm going to say Vegas knows something here and it's this low for a reason. I'm going to lean the under. Just three and a half. He can. <laughs> I, I got faith. Uh, which brings me to my next one, which very this now there's some level of subjectivity here, but I think it's one of those situations where you know it when you see it. And I have this described as a WTF Andy Reid timeout in parentheses outside of an obvious stop the clock situation. As someone who covered Andy Reid or watched Andy Reid, I should say, uh, for many years in Philadelphia, and I've noticed I think he still does this with the Chiefs. There's times where it's just like the first quarter. And the Chiefs are taking a timeout for some reason. It's not like nothing strategic about it. It's just because I guess they're talking it over or whatever. So any kind of, you know, non end of first half end of the game situation where Andy Reid takes a timeout. That's kind of just like, why did they just take that timeout? I'm going to set that at 0.5. Are you going over or under? That's over. I think that's a lock. Um, yeah, yeah, you're you're spot on. Uh, that that's something that when you have success, you don't get criticized for some of the small things. Andy Reid's still bad at clock management. Kyle Shanahan's not good at it either. But a- Andy, it's it's not something that we talk about so much in Kansas City anymore. But it is frustrating. They waste timeouts constantly, and then. Yep. Another thing that really drives me nuts about Andy, and this is another kind of similar Kyle Shanahan thing, is like when they get close to the two-minute warning at the half or late in the game, they don't burn their timeouts early. They wait until after the two-minute warning every time. They never burn them early, and it drives me insane because it's like you're just wasting clock. Like why why not just burn them early and take it down to the two-minute warning? Like what what are we doing here? So I, I think that's a guarantee. I think that is a great call by you. Uh, my, my next one, I think this is kind of a safe one though. Mahomes hasn't been running a ton in the playoffs, but right now he's listed on the DraftKings Sportsbook over 26 and a half rushing yards, minus 115. And this kind of, you know, he had that long run that I think was over 26 yards in last year's Super Bowl uh, against the Eagles. Yep. Uh, they kind of put the nail in the coffin and, yep. I think this is kind of one of those games where you just go out there and you you put it all on the line. And I think in those kinds of games, we've seen him over his career just come up with these huge rushing attempts. And even though he hasn't been running a ton in the postseason, I, I think it's a pretty safe bet. Like he can easily get to 30 yards. We've seen him do it. And 26 and a half, I, I think, is a good number. So I, I'd expect to see at least one long Patrick Mahomes run in Sunday Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm over, uh, you know, weighing this more because I am personally scarred by this. But yeah, I'm going to take the over. It's something that's been talked about a lot that, you know, when Mahomes needs to run and he can just deliver that dagger, it's like, oh, you have everything covered perfectly. Great. Now he's taking off running and for a big game, too, like you said, because everyone's so worried that he's going to pass the ball that they're just it's like the last thing on their minds. It's like, oh, yeah, we forgot he can actually run the ball, too, when he needs to or has to. So I think there could be multiple situations, even if it's not one run where he's just, you know, it's a third and long. He takes off maybe a couple times in this game. And uh, I think he does go over on this. Yeah, it's uh, I think it, it will too be like a critical moment in the game where he's just everybody's covered. They're playing perfect defense. Patrick Mahomes rips off 25 yards and you're just like oh, this freaking guy. So I, I totally agree. Um I think it's a safe bet. I feel good about that one. And I should have mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to put up a, a article, corresponding article for this activity on espionation.com proper. So if you want to get in on the action, you can actually, you know, vote in the polls for these prompts that I'll put up. So that way you can uh, see if you can beat me and Steven and or Steven uh, collectively as the readership listenership. So uh, there you go. My next one. Sticking with the coaching theme, I just did the Andy Reid one. This one is the aforementioned Kyle Shanahan. I have labeled this as obvious cowardly field goal kick or punt decision. <laughs> I think, you know, if there's any ambiguity on that, I think, you know, we can defer to the the fourth down bot that, you know, tells you like this is one of the most cowardly decisions you can possibly make. And also, I think it'll be fairly obvious 
if that's the case and he does do this, I have that set at one and a half. What are you taking over or under? I'll take the over on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been one of the biggest things I've talked about this week. And I just mentioned like Andy Reed's issues and Andy Reed does the exact same thing. Like he gets way too conservative at times. Um, but I, I think he'll still play it aggressive, like it, at least like early in the game in the first half where he he's trying to get out ahead and, and trying to set the Chiefs up to play defense. Kyle Shanahan week after week, like you can bank on it. He's going to make a, a bad decision where you're like, dude, you you have the most versatile group of offensive skill players in the NFL. Why aren't you being aggressive? He just absolutely will not do it. So I think that's. I think that's safer than the Andy Reid one, honestly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he played for the the field goal in the Packers game, and then didn't get any points. <laughs> then in the first half, uh, yeah, he his cowardice is definitely going to be on display at some point, and that's ultimately why you know I'm feeling better about the Chiefs and the 49ers in this game. So I will also take the over on the one and a half, which brings us uh, to your next one. It's I, I'm going to go with. Chase Young under 0.25 sacks mm. minus 330. Uh, Chase Young hasn't had a sack since Christmas. Mm. <laughs> um, it, it's crazy to me to think that that 49ers defensive line. And when they traded for Chase Young, I was like, man, that's a game changing move. Like I, I really thought that they were going to get the best out of him with Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, like Javon Kinlaw, like, it's their defensive line on paper has as much talent as any defensive line in the NFL. And since they traded for chase young, their defensive line has somehow gotten worse. Um, And chase young has not really had a a dramatic impact on their play. And like you saw in the NFC championship game, there were several plays that a lot of people were pointing out that were like serious lack of effort plays from chase young. And You'd like to think that he's going to step things up in the Super Bowl, but if he hasn't had a sack since Christmas, and we're talking about the postseason, like I feel pretty confident that Chase Young's not going to sack Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. Mm, yeah, it's tough because uh, on one hand, maybe he's due. Uh, I'm going to take the over on this, probably regrettably so. Patrick Mahomes is just, just so good at not taking sacks, which is what I'm worried about. But it's at point two five. I mean a half a sack is kind of like an easy thing to get in the NFL when you don't deserve it. Sometimes you don't necessarily need to be a good player. You can just kind of join in the play late and get credit for half a sack. So that's what I'm going to bank on here. But I think to your point though, the 49ers pass rush, their reputation is very much preceding them right now. Like it's like, Oh, the 49ers have this great defensive line and they do on paper, but like the hype hasn't quite matched the reality for a little bit here. And uh, and I think that's why, you know, these first two playoff games, you know, haven't been just, you know, the dominant performances that we've used to have been seeing for the Niners when they're at their peak. So I think your pick is probably more reasonable, but I'm just going to bank on maybe he gets lucky and gets the half of a sack. Doesn't even a full even need a full sack to, to get on this. Uh, that brings me to this one is a real one, I believe, that I heard. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. They read this one on their ad i couldn't find it on DraftKings sportsbook but it exists somewhere the combined touchdown score jersey numbers for both teams now you know this is like any time touchdown score kind of deal so this isn't like passing touchdowns this is you know the touchdown scorer himself combined touchdown score jersey number for both teams steven is 121.5 are you taking the over There's a lot of math to do here uh <laughs> you know with these these players and their jersey numbers but are you taking the over or the under on 121.5? <laughs> this is one I you kind of need prep for because there's yeah, a lot to think about. I'm thinking of everybody's numbers. I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the over because you just need you need one bit you need an 80 number like you need a a Kelsey or a Kittle touchdown. Two, two Kelsey touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, is boom. You're there. Yeah, I'm trying think, to think. Unless it's only you uh, get credit for one. Uh, but I no, that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think it would have to be if if Travis Kelsey scores two times, then they would hit because yeah, yeah I think yeah. unless it's but um, yeah, I don't know. I think so. Like but I think that's how we're think doing it. You need that because then if you know if you get two Isaiah Pacheco touchdowns, you might be in trouble because he's mm. number ten and like MVS yeah. is number eleven. 
There's a lot of low numbers. 87, that that, will get you there. Because what, you have Debo 19, McCaffrey 23. There's a lot of low numbers here. Or if I mean, you know, the 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 best thing probably is you know a Kelsey and a Kittle, that would be like you know an easy way to get this. But it's tough. The quarterbacks, the rushing touch. If they rush, you know, you know, we get fifteen from Mahomes. Like, yeah, uh, I'm gonna take the over on it because, like you said earlier, it's just kind of more fun to root for than the under. Yeah. Um, but it is a, uh, it's a little tenuous. It does feel like that's one of those ones where you think. Oh, oh, over easy. And then it's like, there's so many guys that have single digit numbers now that it's probably a lot harder if you actually like look into it and research it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, But uh, my next one, and I I feel really good about this one. It's Mm. uh, Chris Jones over 0.25 sacks plus 120. So I don't think Chase Young is going to get there, but I do feel pretty confident in Chris Jones getting there. Um, at the end of the day, it, it really just comes down to they need Chris Jones to be massive in this game. And Chris Jones, uh, over the last few years, has been one of the best postseason performers in the NFL. And I think there is a strong possibility that this is his last game as a Kansas City Chief. Wow. He gets a million-dollar bonus if they win a Super Bowl. Um, I, and I also think this is kind of like a legacy-defining game for him where – He's got a strong case to be a Hall of Famer right now. A uh, third Super Bowl ring only improves those chances. And if this is his last game as a Kansas City Chief, I, I think he wants to be remembered as a guy that helped that helped win three Super Bowls here in Kansas City. And the 49ers offensive line outside of Trent Williams is totally beatable. So Chris Jones mm-hmm. is going to have to be massive from the interior for the Chiefs on Sunday. So I feel really good about the impact that he can have in this game. Maybe it'll be the strip sack that he gets that helps you also hit in your same game parlay uh, leg there. I'm going to take the over as well. Chris Jones, obviously a really good player. And again, just it's it's 0.25. It just needs the half. You can get the the BS half sack that he might not even have a good play and still get credit for. So and at plus odds too to take this at plus 120. um, Yeah, that's a bet that I will lean on. I think that's worth making. Uh, my next one is um, touchdown scored by a player who played for both the 49ers and the Chiefs at some point. I'm setting that at 0.5 now. You know, these names here might be tough, but you have Blake Bell. You have Chris Conley, who's been a healthy scratch and might not even play, but we'll see. Uh, I'm going to count for the sake of this activity. We're counting Blaine Gabbert passing touchdown because that's such, you know, an unlikely thing to happen. But and it's already kind of unlikely to begin with. We're going to count that in there if Blaine Gabbert passes for a touchdown because it feels like in the spirit of the thing. Uh, Richie James, Jarek McKinnon, who might not play, we'll see. And then uh, Mooney Ward, who you know could get a pick six in theory. So yeah. I'm guessing you're taking the under because it's unlikely, but I'm going to take the over personally because I want to root for it. Yeah, I'm definitely taking the under on that. <laughs> um it's Richie James. Like he's going to be their starting kick returner unless the Chiefs decide to uh, actually activate Kadarius Tony, who mm. hasn't played in a while. I don't think that's going to happen. So he, he has played well in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I don't. Don't don't ruin it. It's, the <laughs> offense got better as soon as him and Sky Moore stopped playing football. So yeah. uh, I don't want to see either of them. But uh, I think Richie James probably has the best chance. Uh, Blake mm. Bell, I I think. If Blake Bell scores a touchdown <laughs> in the Super Bowl, I don't think it's a good sign for the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, um, next. My next one is Marquez Valdez Scantling over 18 and a half receiving yards, minus 125. Uh, he's done that in his last two games. And BLG, I've been is awful to MVS this season as anybody. Um, mm. I didn't like it when the Chiefs signed him last year, and I I didn't like that they brought him back this season, and he had an awful regular season. It was one of the worst wide receivers in the NFL. But similar to last postseason, he has come up huge for the Chiefs in key moments in the playoffs. And last year when they played the 49ers in the regular season, MVS had three catches for mm. over 100 receiving yards and found some su- success in openings down the field. And I I think it's going to be a similar thing where he's probably not going to have more than two catches in this game, but he is their like 
lone reliable deep threat right now if you want to call him reliable justin watson's the only other guy they really try to use downfield like it's a lot of the stuff is intermediate to kelsey underneath to rice pacheco all that stuff and they try to set up those shots downfield so i feel like there's going to be at least one or two plays in this game where they look at mbs and try to get him deep down the field so 18 and a half receiving yards i, I feel like is very doable so i think he's got a good chance to hit that I'm going to defer to your judgment in terms of, you know, you have a better sense of this than I probably do. I haven't watched the Chiefs all the time, but, and maybe I'm, again, re- overreacting to a personal experience thing, but that drop, you know, he had against the Eagles. And just some of these, I, I don't trust MVS is my problem. And I can't feel good if he doesn't get the over uh, about betting on him. I'll be like, why did I do that? Why did I possibly put faith in him? And if I get it wrong and I doubt him and he proves me wrong, Okay, good for him. I can live with that. So I am going to differ from you, and I'm just going to lean the over here. Or sorry, the under here. That's uh, fine. I get it. Points scored by not a touchdown, field goal, or extra point kick. So basically, like a two point conversion, or uh, you know, like a fair catch uh, kick. Uh, you know, so like something, some weird kind of NFL anomaly or two point uh, conversion or uh, a drop kick on an extra point that counts. So basically, like non traditional points scored in the NFL. I have that set at 1.5. I should note last year, Jalen Hurts did get a two point conversion to tie the game at 35 35 before the Chiefs ultimately took the lead. So, you know, we've seen a two point conversion in the Super Bowl recently. 1.5. Are you taking the over or under on that? I'm going to go under. Mm, okay. Um, so, I mean, because th- so that could include like, so it's like two point conversions and safety. Safety. Yeah. Safety would be in there too. Right. I think a safety is probably more likely than a two point conversion mm. because that is so it for, especially for these coaches who aren't going to be super aggressive. Um, and I feel like we can bank on that. Like, unless the circumstance calls for it, they're not just going to go for two, but right. like, they just don't do that. Um, could be one of those deals though, where it's you know like a penalty puts it at the one on the penalty after this or in the play yeah. where you know puts the ball on the one yard line. They go for two from there, but yeah, it's see, I I wouldn't be surprised if Andy still didn't do that. And <laughs> I, like I think it would take Mahomes being like, no, let's go for two. What, what, what <laughs> yeah. is going on? Because, it's a yard, come on. Yeah, um, because I I mean we've seen Mahomes do that kind of stuff, but sometimes Andy is really similar to Kyle Shanahan. Mm. It's got to be, it's got to be about the circumstance that they find themselves in. So I'll Mm. I'll go under on that one. Uh, My next one's Isaiah Pacheco under two and a half receptions plus one thirty five, and this is a a circumstance where I don't think Jarek McKinnon's going to go in this one. Andy, you was pretty honest about it, and Pacheco has been getting a lot more involved in the passing game. And they had success against the 49ers last year with the screen game. So you would think like this is an easy bet. I just think two and a half, like you're going to need him to get to three receptions is a lot for, yeah. for him because he's not, he's had a couple of big games uh, like as far as passing goes this season, but for the most part, they're not looking to dump it off to Pacheco, you know, five times a game or something like that. And, and so I feel like, Two and a half is just kind of high for me, especially against a 49ers team that's been pretty good against uh, running backs, catching passes out of the backfield and stuff like that. So I feel I feel good about that one, but I acknowledge it could totally blow up in my face. I really like him as a player. I mean, I don't know if that's controversial, but, but uh, I just think he's underrated almost. I like The way he runs, it's just aesthetically very pleasing. I just, I, you know, I love a running back who only goes forward, like isn't a guy who necessarily, maybe he doesn't always, you know, break the longest runs, but he just consists. He always falls forward. There's always positive yardage. He's keeping it and, and he runs hard. I like Pacheco a lot, um, but, and I do think he'll be important as a runner, but yes, I am not counting on him so much as a pass catcher in this game. So I will also take the under and the two and a half. I mean, he probably hits like two. I bet you he hits two yeah. exactly. And then anyone taking the over is like, come on, come on, another one. And it won't get there. Uh, my penultimate one, I believe here, yes, is players who score an octopus, which again, happened last <laughs> year because Jalen Hurts uh, got in on the tush push for the touchdown that uh, brought it to 34-35 or 33-35. And then he also ran it in the next play for the two-point conversion try. So, again, it has happened recently. It's not impossible. 
it is rare. It is, I'm guessing you're taking the under based on your, you don't think there's going to be a two point conversion. Um, I will also actually take the under on this. Yeah. Um, I love, I love it when it happens, especially like in fantasy football. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't, I, I really don't think the chiefs would go for a two point conversion barring mm. uh, a situation that like tied the game or, or something like that. Uh, my final one, and I felt like I reached kind of deep for this. It's mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes over seven and a half consecutive pass completions at plus 120. Uh, okay. Really, this just that that's a lot. Obviously, you got to get eight completions in a row for this to hit. But Mahomes mm-hmm. has been such an efficient game manager and passer in the postseason. Like he just did this against the Ravens last week where he would he just started that game and, and for the most part was just absolutely perfect the entire game like just going nuts and i feel like he's gonna c- continue that kind of play like um I, I talked about it on arrowhead pride this week like i was way doing way more mental gymnastics about the chiefs matchup against the ravens and that defense than i am about this matchup against the 49ers like i, I just Yes, they have some stars on the defensive side of the ball, but I don't feel like they have the personnel to totally shut down Patrick Mahomes. So I don't think it's a long shot that mm. he could go on a streak in this game where he completes eight passes in a row. <sighs> I, man, my theory on picking this game is I'm going to feel like such a jerk if I count on Patrick Mahomes to lose to Brock Purdy. Like, I'm going to feel like such an idiot if I do that. So... <sighs> I have a tough time betting against him in any capacity, kind of. Now, it's not totally in his control is the thing here. I think I'm going to take the under here in part because it's not just fun if I agree with you on everything. And also in part because the Chiefs pass catchers, I just said with MVS earlier, I just don't totally trust them. I think there could be, you know, it's not even, it's again, it's not just up to Mahomes. There could be a really bad drop or two mixed in there. He's had to deal with drops all year. We've seen that. So it's tough. Because I'm betting against Patrick Mahomes at some level, but I'm also, I think, leaning into issues that have been present for the Chiefs all year. So I would probably just stay away from this one, really. It's not, I don't really feel confident in either side as much as I just avoid it altogether. But since we're making a pick here, I'm going to say that he actually goes under. That's that's for sure the safer bet. Like, this isn't an easy thing. This is just a... Uh... Mahomes did it last week, I think, against a better defense. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm just banking on him to continue to play at an absurd level. But uh, those are our Super Bowl over-unders. I have one as, more, uh, have one oh, more okay. for you. I'm sorry. Uh, that is which team's quarterback will take. It's not really a true over-under. It's just which team, but whatever. You get the point. Which team's quarterback will take the final snap of the game? Chiefs or the 49ers? There's a lot to think about here because it's like, are they taking a knee? Yeah. Are they trying to score still? You know, what's what's the deal? I think it's the Chiefs, and hopefully mm. it's to run the clock out. Is it Mahomes, or do they put Blaine Gabbert onto the field to <laughs> give him the <laughs> little bit? It's going to be Mahomes. They're okay. not putting Blaine Gabbert on the field. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes I feel like they like to do that, you know, because, oh, we got to get the backup into the game, you know, give him yeah. some, uh, some, some recognition. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to say... Mm, man, I'm going to say I'll go opposite. I'll say the 49ers, but in a desperation situation, they're trying to score, uh, but they do not. And the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I like that. Um, so l- let's get to our Super Bowl predictions. And I've been talking about this game all week long. Uh, I- I'm ready to get there. And as I already mentioned, BLG, like I feel I, I feel like I'm too confident in the chiefs but apparently (laughs) outside of kansas city like that's not the vibe people have like there's still a lot of people that say you know the chiefs offense wasn't good this year they only put up 17 points uh against the baltimore ravens and patrick mahomes has been a game manager and they turn the football over and they've got all these drops and it's like yeah but you just haven't been watching the way that they've played in the postseason and this all started to shift uh, in their week 17 matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. And that was the first time all year. Don't get me wrong, BLG. Like, I was not confident in this team prior to that game. Yeah. And that was the first time all season Harrison Bucker kicked six field goals. It was the first time all season Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes committed to 
we cannot turn the football over. If we don't turn the football over, we can beat anybody. And they committed to it, and they have sustained that throughout the entire postseason run. If they do not turn the football over, their defense is good enough to get them where they want to go. And I think at the end of the day, this Chiefs defense has still somehow failed to get the recognition that they deserve. They've been tremendous all season long, but everybody overlooks them because of Mahomes and Kelsey and Taylor Swift and all of the other narratives. Like this Chiefs defense deserves to be in like an all time discussion and yep. they're not getting that recognition at all. And I think that they're going to, that's going to be on full display on, on Sunday in the Super Bowl. I just think that Steve Spagnuolo is going to have a lot of stuff that's going to give Brock Purdy some problems. I, it's the 49ers are a weird team because they were obviously so dominant in the regular season and so good. They deserve that one seed without a question. And, and even in the playoffs, like when you look at what they've done this year, they beat every playoff team in not like obviously in the playoffs itself, but every team that was made the playoff picture at some point this season, they beat those. So they've beaten like, you know, the best that's been on their schedule. Obviously they, you know, they lost to the Ravens, but um, for the most part, they've been really, really good in the, well, in the regular season and the playoffs. They have not been good. They've, I would argue their playoff wins have been more about the other team losing than them, like really going out and being the better team and winning that game and seizing it um, as much as they've just been able to survive in advance. And man, Brock Purdy, as I've said in previous episodes, he's been begging to throw a pick like a, in a, in a crucial spot. He's just begging to do it. He's gotten so fortunate with some of these dropped interceptions and it just feel like it has to happen at some point. And why not against the best defense in the NFL and the chiefs defense? I feel like they're going to be able to take advantage of that. So uh, again, there's just, I can't bet on Kyle Shanahan being conservative. I can't bet on Purdy beating Mahomes. I mean, it comes down to that at the end of the day, it's, it's Mahomes. He's been inevitable. Um, and it's kind of crazy just because, you know, again, this Chiefs team for a lot of the year wasn't even considered to be that great, especially relative to other Chiefs teams. I wish the Eagles could have played this Chiefs team uh, last year because I think they're a worse version of the team that won the Super Bowl last year. And yet, here they are in a position uh, where I still think that it just feels like I'm getting points. I'm getting points to take them. Like, that's a no, it's a no-brainer. If Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and they blow this game – I'm not going to feel dumb for believing in them. It'd be again, it'd be much more the other way around that if I if I put faith in Brock Purdy and the 49ers to actually win this game. And to a larger point, again, this kind of is an Eagles take on things. Does karma exist? Does justice in the world exist if the 49ers win this game for how whiny and, and everything they've been? Like we can't let that happen. We can't justify, <laughs> we can't reward whining. We can't do that. We need for the sake of humanity. And all that is good. The Chiefs need to win the Super Bowl. So uh, I am hoping they do. I am manifesting they do. Typically, as you probably know, Stephen, uh, I am a coward and I emotionally hedge bet things. And I was considering doing that. I was considering betting the 49ers money line because, hey, if they win, at least I get some money. I'm not yeah. doing that for this game. I think that if, hopefully, if anything, that should speak to the confidence uh, that I have in my pick that I think the Chiefs are actually going to win. I'm betting their money line. I think they're going to do it, and I hope they do. Yeah, it's you talk about like it, it feels like the 49ers have gotten kind of lucky in their postseason wins, and I totally agree. Like it's that the matchup against the Packers, like it took uh, so, some lucky plays from Brock Purdy, who was terrible in that yeah. game apparently just cannot play in the rain because he could barely throw a football in that game. And the Packers just made mistakes. And then Jordan love kind of fell apart at the end. Like it, mm -hmm. it was just felt like it was uh too big of a stage for him at this point in his career where the Packers really surpassed expectations, I think this season. And then similar thing in the NFC championship game where it just felt like the stage got too big for the, the Lions and they just fell apart. And and it's drop passes and, and, that, and lucky plays for yep. San Francisco. And like when you look at the Chiefs' losses this year against good teams, like they lost to the Eagles, they lost to the Bills, they lost to the Lions in week one. Like all of those games were lost because of mistakes, because of uh, of drop passes, because of pick sixes and, and fumbles that weren't Patrick Mahomes' fault, but like were on the pass catchers. Yeah. And that's kind of how the 49ers have been winning games. That's how the Chiefs were losing games early Great in the point. season. 
but they haven't been doing that in the postseason. And so they've been succeeding and winning football games. And I just feel like the chiefs have played such mistake free football here in the playoffs that they're not going to give the 49ers those kinds of breaks because the 49ers, the way that they've been playing in the playoffs, they need those things because they are a team that is so supremely more talented than most other teams in the NFL. When you make the mistakes, that's how they come back and win. And I just don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to give them an opportunity to come back and win and make those kinds of mistakes in this game. Who's your Super Bowl MVP? Is it Mahomes? I think it has to be Mahomes, but if I had to bet on anybody other than him, I think I would bet on Chris Jones. Mm. Uh, it's, you know, obviously it's tougher for defensive players to do it, but we've seen it happen in more recent memory. And like, you, you have to have a monster game. And I just feel like, like I talked about already, like, I think this is a legacy defining game for Chris Jones. Um, he also hits that million dollar contract incentive. And like he played in week 18 when all the starters sat against the Chargers <laughs> yeah. and Easton stick and had the highest pressure rate of like any any player in the NFL in the regular season in that game because he was just trying to get to Easton stick and get that million dollars. So I think he's going to be coming after Purdy. If I if I was going to bet on anybody other than Mahomes, I think it'd be Chris Jones. I mean, you know, obviously it's very incredibly likely to be either Mahomes or Purdy. But honestly, it's Kelsey because if there's ever another time, if there's ever a time where like a skill player has an extra kind of narrative or built in, you know, case or whatever for the voters, I think it would be now in this moment. Now, you know, it would take probably like maybe a three touchdown game for him kind of thing. Maybe it takes a, going back to one of the prompts earlier, a trick play. Maybe he throws a touchdown pass or something uh, like that. But I think it could be there is a scenario more now more than if, if here's all how i'll phrase this if travis kelsey is ever going to win super bowl mvp i think this is the moment it would happen so i'm going to lean into that and say uh he gets it on a multi multi touchdown game it, it doesn't feel like he could get any more famous than he already is at this point like dating taylor swift and he's a first ballot hall of fame player a Super Bowl champion, but yeah, like if he wins Super Bowl MVP <laughs> this season, like it's gonna go, it's gonna go to a, a a completely different level. I think, like it, especially just all he has to do is show up and have a monster game, like he did in the AFC Championship game, and it's already gonna be the only thing that anybody is talking about to, on, on Monday after the Super Bowl, like. He has this season like surpassed Patrick Mahomes level of fame, which is absolutely mm. absurd. And this is also how you get him in, even more involved. I should say, I'm sure he'll be involved on the podium in any case, but even more involved, you know, cause they'll be, they'll be spotlighting him even more. And if you're going into the conspiracy angle that I, that that's how you get Taylor also more involved in, in that yeah. connection is, you know, recognize him. So uh, yeah, I'm leaning into that. Yeah, I, I don't hate it, um, but hopefully some of these bets hit for you guys. Uh, like BLG mentioned, he'll have an article up at SBNation.com so you can try to tag along with some of the bets and, and, and see how we do or tweet it at us and yell at us if, if we're just absolutely god-awful at everything. But uh, we're we're all riding with the Chiefs, which mm. also does not make me feel good about <laughs> the Super Bowl. But I, I'm feeling pretty confident. So hopefully we get a good game on Sunday. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the SB Nation NFL show. And remember to stick around after the break. Our friend Rob Statscarrera sat down with Raiders defensive end Max Crosby and former Saints quarterback Drew Brees. That's coming up next. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here live on Radio Row with Raiders pass rusher Max Crosby. Max, thanks for a few minutes. Absolutely. Appreciate it, brother. First up, how are you feeling? Excellent. Um, rehabbing, working out, doing my thing. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great so far this offseason. You're here on behalf of Papa John's. I know there's a new Vegas-style pizza. Tell us about it. Yeah, the Vegas-style pizza. You can enter um, Vegas-style pizza 
at papajohns.com. 58,000 of cash stuff in it, so it's going to be legendary. Um, enter to win. You got till uh, the ninth uh, to get a chance to win it. So, yeah, doing some great things. What is your favorite pizza topic? I would say I'm like a mushroom and onions guy. So, wow. yeah, you know, some people have their opinions on it, but that's, that's You're not going to be a very popular man after you eat the mushroom and onion pizza. That breath is going to be. Yeah, I mean, that's why you got to stay fresh at all times. You know, <laughs> keep a toothbrush with you. <laughs> so you got Chiefs, Niners in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Nick Bosa plays for the Niners. I'm sure there's a healthy respect there between you and him. Yeah. But let's be honest. Are you rooting for Nick Bosa to get a Super Bowl or are you rooting against Nick Bosa? I'm not rooting for anybody. Um, at the end of the day, I'm being honest. You know, I'll root for the Raiders. That's it. You know, I got a ton of respect for Nick. He's a great player. Um, somebody I look at is, is one of the greatest in the league right now. So, um, me and him, you know, we have a healthy competition, but we have a great relationship at the same time. Me and him, are, uh, you know, we pick each other's brains, call each other before games. Um, we got the ultimate respect. So, uh, yeah, definitely respect the hell out of him. Is there any advice that he's given you or that you've given him that jumps to the front of your mind? Yeah, honestly, the, you know, the main thing is just like we just talk football. Um, he asks, you know, well, how do you do this? Like, what makes, you know, what makes your swipe move so effective? I ask him, how do you set up your power? You know, as effective as you do, just little things like that. So we just kind of pick each other's brains. Have you been to the uh, the pass rushing camp that happens every year in the offseason? Yeah, yeah. Um, Vaughn Von has it in Vegas every year. So I've um, been doing it since, uh, I believe, my second year, rookie year. Um, and, yeah, this offseason we got something brewing right now uh, that's in the works currently. So uh, I'll be on the lookout for that. Ooh. Yeah, very, very nice. Big. Big, can you tell sure. us anything more about it? Or are you keeping it under wraps? I can't. I can't right now. Um, but yeah, we're gonna do some some big for sure. Pass rush wise. I'm yeah. sure you've been asked a thousand times, but I believe you guys were the last team to beat the Chiefs. So yeah. what is the secret sauce? How did you do that? I mean, at the end of the day, it's it really comes down to a mindset. Uh, you gotta have, you gotta see it before it happens. And uh, I think AP did an incredible job. You know, leading up to that game, going day by day about what we're going to do, how it's going to look like, and how we're going to take them down one quarter at a time, one play at a time. So uh, we came in there with our mindset, you know, ready, um, ready to go, and, and we went out there and delivered. So, yeah, I mean, you got to keep Mahomes in the pocket as much as you possibly can, and you got to be relentless. you got to be able to chase him all day long and make his job as hard as it possibly can. Well, if I think of relentless pass rushers, you're probably the first guy that comes to mind. So I you're perfectly equipped to be able to handle that. Speaking of Vegas, tell us about – the shift when Antonio took over, what was that like for you? It was incredible. Um, he came in, was blunt, honest. He was the same exact guy who, you know, who was a linebacker coach. He didn't try to be something he's not, and that's what everyone respects about him. He, everything is black and white. Um, there's no gray area, and he lays it out. Listen, this is how we have to win. This is how we have to play, and this is how we're going to beat this team. It's going to sound different. It's going to look different on TV when we play and in person, um, and that's what we do. We buy into it. Um, and, you know, people got to see that result, just a little glimpse of it. But, you know, we're super excited going into this offseason, um, you know, with a full year um, of preparation and, uh, you know, getting ready to go out there and dominate on a weekly basis. There was a sense that the support for him inside the locker room was incredible. Like there would have yeah. been a problem if he had not been named the full-time head coach. Is no that doubt. accurate? I mean, yeah, in, in a way, I feel like, you know, we went through a lot. You know, I've been here five years already. Um, and I've, you know, I've had a lot of different coaches, um, D-line coaches, head coaches. Um, and, you know, for, you know, for us, we wanted AP to be the guy, you know, it's straight up honest. So, you know, for me, I was very vocal about it. Um, but I wasn't doing it just for myself and selfish reasons. It was, I was speaking for everybody else and I have the voice to do it. Um, and, uh, that's basically what it was. You know, I want to win. I want to be a part of a culture that, that cares about winning first, not anything else. And, uh, that's all I preach on a daily basis, you know, every year. I'm taking steps to move forward and improve, and I'm showing the world that. And I want everybody in the building, from the executives down to the whoever it is, the janitor, the equipment room, I want everyone having that mindset that we're going to be winners and we're going to be champions. And uh, if you don't have that, you're not going to have a chance. So that's really all it comes down to. That should make Raider fans very happy. That's how you establish a culture throughout an organization. Uh, sticking with the head coaches in your division now, Jim Harbaugh is going to be the head coach of the Chargers. How do you feel about that? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, it's, it's awesome. I, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're willing to play whoever. We don't care who it is, where, when. Uh, we care about the Raiders. Um, it's about us first. So at the end of the day, you know, they're going to have to see us and we're going to have to see them. So, you know, we're looking forward to it. Max Crosby, on behalf of Papa John's, thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. Go get the Vegas-themed pizza, everybody. 
I still think we should avoid the mushroom and onion, not gonna <laughs> lie, but we really appreciate the time. Thank you. Hey man, thank you brother. Here live on Radio Row with Drew Brees. Drew, thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, no worries. You're joining us on behalf of FedEx, the Air and Ground Players of the Year. As yeah. someone that covers the 49ers and a 49ers fan, please tell me you have good news for me. I do have good news for you, actually. Um, but this is uh, this is an awesome campaign that, that FedEx has been doing for a long time now. I actually had the great pleasure of, of winning the FedEx Air yes. Award four times, um, which is the most along with Peyton Manning. Um, in my career, and I'm very pleased to announce that the uh, FedEx Air and Ground players this year are both San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, let's go. Brock Purdy uh, through the air and Christian McCaffrey on the ground. Um, so hopefully that's also a little bit of foreshadowing yes. as to the game on Sunday. But uh, as a part of this, actually FedEx will be donating $20,000 to each of those guys to be able to donate to the HBCU of their choice which would go to scholarship programs for very deserving students um, at HBCU schools, which is awesome. That is fantastic. I hope it carries over to the game. Yeah. Um, your name has come up a lot in the Brock Purdy discourse. Yeah. Is that, do you think your games are similar or do you think that that's just kind of an easy comparison that people have made? No, I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, first off, you know, here's a guy who, not highly recruited, obviously. Um, most most six foot quarterbacks aren't. You know, people <laughs> people like to, to stick with the measurables, and, and obviously there's a lot more to playing the position than that. But he goes to a place like Iowa State, which I would I would compare that a lot to maybe my journey to Purdue, which was every time you step on the field, most cases you're the underdog, yes. right? In most cases you're not you're not winning the beauty contest, um, and so you just develop a grit and a determination. And here's a guy who started 47 games in college. Um, that's a lot of football and being in a lot of competitive situations and a lot of situations where, you know, you are, you are probably the underdog and, and you've got to find a way to, 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 to win games and, and play very, very well and, and, and inspire your team. And he obviously proved he could do that. Still falls to the last pick in the draft, right? Um, but then I think for him stepping into a really great organization, a very functional organization, great offense with talent around him, and a great defense. Um, they always say that a quarterback's best friends are a great running game and a great defense. So obviously he's he's had that, but um, I think he's handled this with such tremendous poise. Um, his skill set's very unique. I mean that that offense, that Shanahan offense, very much like ours with the Saints. It's timing, it's rhythm. Uh, the pass game is an extension of the run game, meaning that man, ball needs to get out of your hands on time. We'll take you know three, four, five yard completions in order to get in third manageable situations, move the chains, ball control at times. That's okay. Um, he just executes it very, very well. You can tell he's very cerebral, knows where to go with the football. He's on time. I love his feet. Um, you just watch the base that he plays with at all times. Um, I can tell a lot about a quarterback and their confidence and their knowledge of what they're doing just based on what their feet are doing. Um, he's got all the traits. What do Brock's feet tell you? So it tells me that he knows where he's going and he's on time. Um, a lot of what they do is play action. It's based off their zone run game. Um, so, hey, it's back to the defense, you know, with a hard ball fake. But then, man, your eyes are up and your eyes are on a spot because you're trying to field defenders that might have been influenced by the run and you're throwing to that spot. And if that's not there, then where are your outlets? And QB's best friends are knowing where your outlets are, right? Because that's how you avoid negative plays, avoid sacks um, and, and find completions. And when those outlets are Christian McCaffrey on the edge or, you know, <laughs> Depot, yeah. Exactly. Then uh, those you want the ball in the hands of your playmakers. One of the things that a lot of 49er fans like about Brock, especially as compared to Jimmy Garoppolo, is that he seems to take doubles over singles. He's looking deeper first as opposed to looking at the check down first or the closest receiver to yeah. him. Is that something that you can develop over time or is that something that's just a natural part of your play style that you either have or you don't? What's the confidence thing? Um, I think your ability to stay locked in down the field and take advantage of those opportunities in large part is dependent upon your knowledge of where to go with the ball if that isn't there, right? So if you know in the back of your mind, hey, the worst thing that happens is I'm going to take this underneath completion or I'm going to kick it out to this wide route to Christian McCaffrey or even I'm just going to throw it away because I know where I can throw it away, then you're more apt to hang on something down the field, down the field, take the shot and deliver it accurately um, and you won't get, I think, as skittish. So every read is high to low you know so your eyes should always be high always looking for the big play opportunity and if it's not there then we're going to check it down 
and our, our motto was is don't be afraid to check it down. We'll just come, we'll just call it again, you know? And I think you should be calling 10, 10 to 12 shot plays a game. Take them if they're there. If they're not, check it out. A lot of Niner fans are a little nervous that Kyle Shanahan is going to be his usual conservative self in the Super Bowl. You obviously played with Sean Payton, who had one of the most aggressive calls of all time with the onside kick. Yeah. If you could give advice to Kyle, would you tell him to just do what he's done all year or maybe, hey, maybe now is the time to get a little more aggressive? Well, you know, play to the strengths of your team, you know, and that's 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 what he's that's what he's done all year. Um, that look, that offense, that, that Niners offense is explosive. I mean, they're explosive in the run game. They're explosive in the pass game. They got playmakers all over the field. So play fast, play with tempo. I think that's how you we used to say that's how you blitz the defense. You know, so you play with tempo. You defenses have huge challenges, especially with an offense like the Niners, where you know how are they matching up, right? Especially man-to-man situations, or all of a sudden you start flooding zones. How are we adjusting to that? The thing the Niners probably did before anybody else was on every play is literally a shift and a motion, yes. right? So defensively, it's how we adjust that shift, how we adjust that motion. All of a sudden, the ball snapped, and you catch them out of position. Boom! So. You don't have to do anything other than just being yourself. Play fast, play within the system, take completions, move the ball down the field. Put it this way, it's not a bad thing going on 13, 14 play drives in this game against that KC defense. Why? Because you keep that other dude off the field, right? Yeah. Mahomes. So that's that would be the strategy in my opinion. So let's flip it now to Mahomes. I mean, all year it was, oh, this Chiefs offense is not that good. And then they get to the playoffs, and it's just like they have taken it to another yeah. level. Yeah. Why do you think they've been able to kind of flip that switch? Um, Mahomes is, is playing at a really high level. Um, his ability to create plays when there's nothing there is uncanny. It's, it's best in the league, if not best ever. Um, and they, they, that's a culture of winning there, you know? And, and we've seen it now a couple times where – they have some pains during the regular season for whatever reason. They just don't look like themselves or they're making uncharacteristic mistakes. But when it's time to, you know, kind of click in and, and, and then be the ascending team that we know they are, that's, that's what they become. Um, defensively, I think they're playing lights out right now. Yes. You look what they did against Lamar last week. Um, I think uh, Steve Spagnuolo, I have a ton of respect for. He was a defensive coordinator with the Saints when I was there for a year. So I know Spags have played against him a bunch. Um, Man, it's a it's a tough defense to go against. Um, the scheme is really good. The blitz packages are really good. Um, and then, oh by the way, if they just want to line up and play vanilla, they've got some great pass rushers. They've got you know they're really talented in the back end. Um, linebackers fly around, so it's just a talented group. But um, but I think specifically to the Chiefs' offense, um, look no further than Kelsey. Right, he's he's their guy. You got to disrupt him off the line of scrimmage, or else. He's going to catch 12 balls in this game, and he's going to destroy you. Don't let their best player beat you. Um, try to contain Mahomes in the pocket. It's not easy. Good um, luck. And then you just got to hold up on the back end, right? Um, but I think that's where, if you'd say, man, like where are the matchup benefits for the for the uh, Niners? Their four-man rush can get after you, right? But you do have to contain Mahomes and just take care of Kelsey because he'll beat you. And, and see if you, your, your DBs can match up with the other guys and just hang on. I was really surprised uh, after the AFC Championship game. Travis Kelsey said, our plan was to try and get up a couple of scores on the Ravens because we think we could sort of take them out of their running game. Yeah. Do you Is that pressure real? Do you feel that when you're the team that's trailing? Like, oh, man, we really got to get going here because we're down early? Because it, it worked against Baltimore. Well, there's, there's teams that you know can score – very quickly or are more built to 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 go two minute mode up tempo mode you know baltimore's not built that way you know baltimore's built to just wear you down over the course of a game and um so when you do get down by you know a few scores if you're if you're an offense that's predicated on just pounding them in the run game it's easy to become a little more (laughs) well we got to air it out now right and that's it's, it's a bad place to be because then pass rushers pin their ears back and it's really hard on the other line. Um, I don't think, you know, when, when, when I was with the Saints, we, we kind of knew that we could score. Yeah. That was a dumb question to ask a guy who throws for 5,000 yards we, 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 knew, we knew we could score. Um, and we knew if somebody wanted to get into a shootout with us that, that we could hang. Um, but 
ideally you'd like to go on these these long drives, wear them down. I mean, look, your defense appreciates it. You played, obviously, with Sean Payton. I've heard stories of some of the things that Sean Payton has done to motivate a team, like when he brought in the player's share of the Pro Bowl and he brought it in on a big pallet into the locker room. Do you have a Sean Payton, like, crazy motivational story for us? Well, I mean, he would, he, he'd do all kinds of stuff. Um, like, if we, if we were on a win streak um, and, and he felt like the tendency, the, the human nature would be to get complacent or to, you know, feel like you've arrived, you know, everybody patting you in the back telling you how good you are. He would, uh, he'd put mousetraps everywhere in the facility, like literally hanging from the ceiling, you know, uh, taped up on the drywall, like in your seats, you know, you watch out, you know, sit down on it. And, and you'd come in and you'd be like, what's up with the mousetraps, coach? And you'd be like, don't eat the cheese, right? <laughs> Um, so that was, he, he'd have a bunch of little motivational tactics like that just to keep guys in check. Speaking of Sean Payton, um, you guys obviously had a special relationship in New Orleans. He's obviously in Denver now. It seems like things between he and Russell Wilson have kind of soured a little bit. What's your reaction to how things have gone there between Sean and Russ? Well, I, I think we, I think we knew it was going to be, um, kind of those guys getting to know each other. Um, and seeing if, if the fit was there for, for the offense and what Sean wants to do. Um, certainly the way that it kind of played out in the end, you know, you, you feel like they're moving on. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's – I think they're I think they're a good team. I think they've got some talented players. Um, I think their ownership is is wanting to do whatever they can to, to, to put that team in position to win um, and give Sean all the necessary resources he needs – to, to be successful, so uh, we'll see how it plays out this off season and what they what they end up doing. But um, I venture to guess that they're going to go to free agency or go to the draft to, to to try to get the quarterback for the future. Last question, uh, Jahari Evans, finalist yeah. for the Pro Football Hall yeah. of Fame. Make your pitch. Why should Jahari be in the Hall of Fame? Um, Jahari was one of the best teammates I ever could ask for. Um, he was a tone setter. You know, there's just very few times you have guys that are just true tone setters on your team. Um, whether that's and Jari wasn't a he wasn't a rah rah guy. He was just a he was a he was a get the job done guy. But a guy who there's not a guy who was more well liked, who was tougher, who would do more for his teammates. Um, and honestly, he was the best guard in football for about seven years straight. It's a pretty uh, good argument. Yeah, for for an <laughs> offense that broke every record in history, right? So. Um, there's not a guy who's more deserving. He, he's just an outstanding human, teammate, um, and he was one of the best representations of the New Orleans Saints. Tari Evans yeah. and Patrick Willis, we're hoping gets into Drew. That's right. Thank you very much, and thanks to FedEx for, for hooking us up. We appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. You got it.